Hello, welcome to the Marysville Journal-Tribune podcast. This episode is brought to you by Axiona Energia, proudly bringing solar power to Union County and the Buckeye State. My name is Michael Williamson, and I'm here today with... Mac Cordell, reporter. Kayleen Petrovia, reporter. And I'm Allie Parthmore with the Marysville Public Library. All right, so on today's episode, uh, recently Kayleen wrote an article about um, the library's new Library of Things, which is a program that allows uh, patrons to come in and check things out that aren't traditional library items. Um, and so we brought Allie in to talk about that uh, and really just to talk about the library in general, kind of what's going on, programs they have, resources that they have, um, and just talk about kind of some of the things that maybe people aren't aware of that the library does. So where do we want to begin? Yeah, I think... The story about the Library of Things kind of just spurred some conversation about how much the library does to kind of stay in touch with the community needs and go beyond just offering books like people think. So I guess if you could give us kind of a little overview of what you see as the library's role in the community and how you all are working to provide services to our residents here in town. Yeah. Um, so actually, um, the director and I just attended Library Council's Legislative Day in Columbus. And one of the keynote speakers spoke on this, actually. And they were emphasizing the role that libraries play in our communities. Um, it's become so much more than books. And mm-hmm. in fact, the tagline for for our library of things is beyond books. Um, We really want to encourage folks that the library has something for everyone. You can come in and use it as a community gathering space, bring your child to story time, learn all kinds of new skills through the computer or through one of our special speakers that we have. The possibilities are really limitless, and that's what kind of inspired this Library of Things collection. We really wanted to meet folks where they were at and give them things that they were asking us for, i.e. some of the items that are in the collection, like the parking cones, the sewing machines, um, light therapy lamps, things that folks just can't get anywhere else, but they would like to have for a short amount of time without that um, upfront investment. So You mentioned a couple of things that were on there. Did the library have people coming in asking you like how what kinds of things you had or could you get access to things that they yeah could? yeah we actually had um, our reference department in our adult services um, area would field questions a lot of uh, for a lot of things like oh gee whiz I'd really like to be able to make this specific cookie or cake or you know I I'm not sure where I could find these cones for driving tests without buying them and it seems kind of like uh, not a pointless but a kind of unnecessary investment seen as we're only going to use them for this brief period of time so they would ask the staff they would you know, have you guys ever thought about this? I've seen other communities do this. What do you guys think? And um, as you mentioned earlier, it's been a collecting information stage for well over a year. Our adult services manager, Lauren Lemon, has been fantastic, been listening to the patrons, figuring out what they want, and then cultivating that in a collection. And it's really fantastic. Yeah, I imagine there's like, there's stuff that people probably ask for, then there's probably stuff that like, you don't even know you need or know you could maybe get a hold of. Yeah, one of the fascinating things I spoke with Lauren about it for a written story is she seemed very excited about the prospect of people writing down on comment cards what they're looking for and investigating that in the future. So I think that just kind of speaks to what you were saying earlier of 
serving the community and trying to find something for everyone. I know Lauren even said, she was like, yeah, I'm trying to work with the Department of Natural Resources to put together a bird watching kit for people. <laughs> and I just think that goes so far beyond what you would think at a library. Like, I want to sure. get into bird watching. I could go find this there. So for you, working at the library, how do you kind of gather these comments that patrons may be sharing with you and then put that into action of, oh, this is something that we as a library could actually do. Yeah. So um, actually one of my responsibilities in my role is to create all these different visual pieces that you see out in the community. And so one of the pieces that I created specifically for the collection was a comment suggestion card. And we at the library love feedback. We love to know what folks want from us, uh, to meet them where they're at, to find things they're interested in. And as a matter of a fact, since your conversation with Lauren, we've started creating a bird watching kit. We've started creating stuff for pickleball sets, um, <laughs> things that folks have specifically asked us for. We have really taken stock and and really evaluated, hey, is this something that's kind of a passing fa phase or trend or something, or is this something that has lasting staying power and as a result something like pickleball something like a bird watching kit um, has been implemented into the collection i feel like the library is very similar to the newspaper we get we feel here a lot of phone calls of hey if i wanted something how could i find it or uh when is when is this event when is when is trick-or-treat we will uh, about the first of august we'll start getting phone calls you know hey when's trick-or-treat and um that the library is one of those places where people go to just for nuggets of information, like pieces of information. And I would guess that you guys hear that a lot of, hey, where could I, I have no idea where I could go borrow traffic cones, or I have no idea where I could learn about bird watching beyond just a book. And so it seems like that's a great resource. And, you know, people coming in to ask it would be a great launching off point for what it is that you want in that library of things so yeah absolutely we often say you know the library is a space for everyone it is a true community space that is free for everyone I think that's an, a, another common misconception and misnomer is that you have to have a card to access our services you have to have a, a membership as it were and yes to some extent, you have to have a card to check out items, but to come in and use our building, use our computers, things like that is completely free. So we truly are one of the last vestiges where folks can come, much like yourself, and collect information. We're in the information business, and we strive to give, you know, fantastic customer service while delivering that information. And all of our reference and our librarians are just fantastic folks and full of information. So yes, we do field a lot of those questions. Now, this is maybe a weird question, but you you said that all of this is free. How is the library funded? So we are funded through a couple of different ways. Um, the first is uh, the Public Library Fund, or the PLF, and that is through the state of Ohio. Um, so that is one way we are funded. We are funded through, obviously, our levy campaigns um, that we have throughout the community. Um, and then, you know, just ancillary things um, 
we no longer we used to be funded by you know fines and fees, but we are fine free. Um, and that thank was you, a, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. and that was such thank a you, small. Thank you, and you're welcome. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. That was such a small part of of, of revenue stream sure. that it, it it didn't really uh, amount to much. But primarily, it's that PLF and um, the levy that we are funded through. But yeah, absolutely. It's like one of the few. Well, maybe not one of the few, but certainly something that I see on a daily basis. It's like a one-to-one. You know, it's like this money goes toward these things, but when you walk through those doors, it's like there it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't yeah. have to wonder where the money's going. It's all right there. Right, absolutely. And I always find myself feeling so impressed that you guys can stay true to that mission, providing information, providing a space for people, and evolve based on how the community can best do that. I mean, I remember during COVID when you all added the electronic box for pickup outside where people would no longer have to go into the library but could just enter a code and get their book from a locker or with curbside pickup things like that and I think it's really admirable that you guys can keep changing the way you do things but achieve the Mm. same goal and I think a lot of businesses organizations can't really manage that so I think for you guys how do you keep changing and stay relevant in the community. I think you hit the nail on the head there where we are constantly researching different methods to meet people where they're at. So we often, our our reference teams will often go out and, you know, they're constantly reading articles and reading case studies and reading all this information to discover, okay, what's what's next in the world of library science? So you alluded to our pickup lockers. We've had those, um, you know, for a few years now, they've been wildly successful because we wanted to meet folks where they were at in the sense that if you weren't comfortable coming into the building or you couldn't meet us um, during all our normal operating hours. Mm -hmm. You could essentially come to these lockers, get your items whenever. And we often pride ourselves in that, you know, we don't stay um, stagnant for long. We are constantly evolving, constantly changing, constantly moving because the library in general is not just books anymore. And folks um, often still have that misconception. And so in order to, to help with that, we're constantly having to say, yes, we are, but also X, Y, Z, A, B, and C, we can offer you. So um, it's a constant like, education process for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've talked to people, you know, we have uh, here at the newspaper, we have one day a week on Monday that we do an online edition. And for some of our older readers, you know, you always hear uh, kind of people ask like, well, I don't know how to access something like that. I don't know, you know, how, how do I get a hold of it? Where do, where can I find it? I'm not good with computers or whatever the case may be. And when there are situations like that, I always find myself pushing people to the library because it's like that was always the place when I was a kid where it's like if you didn't if you didn't know how to get a hold of a particular item or like you said with computer access it being free to the essentially free to the public to be able to come in there and have somebody point you even if you have no idea what you're doing you can still get that information and still get that whatever it is you're looking for done yeah it's fantastic our reference staff I cannot sing their praises enough they will literally sit down with you and if you have zero computer experience they will walk you through how to open a browser how to you know create an email account from the ground up um, and we often you know uh, will have folks in for one-on-one technology appointments to meet that need for folks mm-hmm. that aren't as tech savvy mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the things you've mentioned have alluded to something you mentioned earlier before the library being for everyone and 
I always just feel excited when I see things like, oh, here's a book club that's targeted for older adults. And then here's story time for little kids. Here's craft nights for teens and tweens. How do you make sure that you're meeting all different ages or just different demographics in the community so that like you said, the library stays relevant as young people are growing up or older people are learning new skills. So I'm a part of a program committee and um, we, meaning me, the adult services librarian and the youth services librarian meet probably four to five times a year and discuss, okay, what are we thinking? What's next? What are? How can we address what we've been hearing from folks at the desk or folks coming in the building saying, hey, I'd really like to have a book group that meets at a winery or I'd really like a story time that focuses on music and movement. So how can we make that happen? Who's going to do it? When's it going to happen? So a lot of that is, is the three of us chatting and kind of facilitating these bigger plans and then those fantastic reference staff implementing these mm-hmm. ideas and making them happen. So we're constantly asking, okay, like I mentioned earlier, what's next? Who can we help next? Mm-hmm. Um, what's our um, you know, our speaker series going to be for the fall? Who's that going to target? Who's that going to help? So it's constantly just we're in motion figuring yeah. it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you're creating some of these programs, what are some of the things that you all have done that you felt like, wow, this is really successful. This brought new people to the library or we need to keep doing this. This is meeting a need that we have. Yeah, um, I would say anytime we host a large-scale event, and in particular, the large-scale events that we've hosted um, post-COVID, in particular, our Halloween event, our Christmas event, we didn't realize just how much the community really needed something for everyone as a gathering spot to come and celebrate these occasions, but also it be completely free. So I think I'm always constantly amazed and surprised by the response that the community has to what we offer, um, in particular with those with those large scale events. It's 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 amazing. We had a, a an extravaganza back in March <laughs> and the building you could not walk through it. It was wall to wall folks. And I just love that folks feel that they could come to us and they know it's guaranteed family fun and guaranteed every time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the family fun aspect that I think, you know, you know, in the library, it's going to be family friendly. It's going to be, you know, family appropriate. Um, and it, they're not going to push a thousand agendas and it, it's always going to be, you know, good for good for family. So I, I very much appreciate that. Um, I think, you know, you said post-COVID, I think that as kind of inflation and as our economy maybe is a little bit different, um, people will rely more on those free events and, and access to free books, free movies, free music, free education, and that library of things um, maybe more than than they would have even, you know, three or four years ago. So, Yeah, absolutely. Um, is the So for the, like the library of things, is that 
is there like a list or something like that on your website or like people are because like I said before you know there might be some things like the traffic cones is like I don't know that I would ever think that that would be something <laughs> that the library would have um, is there just like an inventory somewhere that people can kind of go and go oh I, I maybe came for this but I didn't even realize you guys had this and that would be something that I definitely look for in the future yeah absolutely um, so I created a piece um, in collaboration with Lauren our adult services manager that is essentially um, a grab and go piece that folks can take and it has the entire content list okay. of our library of things um it's a printed piece and we also have a digital copy available on our website underneath our services so yeah we're going to be obviously updating that quite frequently as we already have new items sure. but absolutely folks can access that anytime and, and is that like you, you kind of mentioned that you were taking stuff as people were asking is this mm -hmm. kind of a th this is an ongoing process then like pe like as people can still come in and say hey i see you have these x amount of things what about this? That's something you'll take into consideration. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I alluded to earlier the the comment cards, and Lauren will take and evaluate each one of those comment cards that are given to her, and really figure out if the item in question that folks are asking for is really something that um, would be a great addition to our collection, or maybe something we need to hold off on. All of that, she really takes um, huge stock of it. So yeah. And I know one of the things Lauren mentioned to me, too, is that a lot of the things that can be checked out at the Library of Things may have like a little instruction booklet or maybe some of them she may think is suitable. Hey, we have this book on bird watching that can go with it, too. And kind of opening the door for people who may be more timid readers to get excited about learning in that way. So with your programs, how do you kind of break past this barrier of the library is just for people who love reading. It's for people who want to go check out books and expand to young people or older people who think, yeah, that's not really for me. I'm not a book person. So one of the things in particular we offer for that teen tween demographic is a, a monthly or bi-monthly STEAM night. And what that does is get them in the building with an activity that they may not even associate with science, technology, technology, engineering, arts, or math, i.e. photography, or um, we just had a um, painting class on canvas bags. So it's really finding things that are niche that the, the, the kids really are interested in, and then bringing them in the building uh, in, an, in a fun and accessible way that they might not have thought, oh, I, I wouldn't paint a canvas bag at the library, but it's bringing them in the door, seeing what we have, and then they discover it's so much more than just reading. Um, you know, we have several groups that just use our, our facility for meeting rooms. We bring those folks in, and they also see, hey, I can host my meeting here, but I could also maybe check out a book, or I could also maybe see a CD um, collection, or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, it's all about getting them in the door with maybe something that's a little unexpected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know even just between the three of us, I feel like we all use the library big, in big different library ways. Users, yeah. And yeah, in all very of us, different ways. Yeah. yeah, and I think all of us personally like reading, but we can all find something beyond just that at the library. Like I know Mike always has a DVD from, oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, Plain City Library that <laughs> yeah, he's I checked out. I would stop by Plain City and, and pick out their Blu-rays, and I actually like... I do the same thing at Marysville and it's the same thing with books, but just as like a, the last couple of times I've gone, uh, they've had like odd things that, you know, the library always has a variety of new stuff, old stuff, uh, both, you know, Blu-rays and, um, 
older DVDs and things like that. But I've noticed that they've started getting like really kind of random and kind of slightly esoteric kind of things that I'm like, why would the library, who, who, who is in charge of deciding on those kinds of things? How do you go about getting, cause in some cases, like with the, with the movies in particular, they're, um, in the new section, there are obviously new releases, stuff that's coming out of the theaters. But then there are like new copies of movies from the fifties. New to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, new new to the library, but you know, kind of brand new printed printed items. Like, how do you go? How does, how does a library go about deciding what mm-hmm. to keep in their inventory or what to bring into their inventory that's new or old? Yeah. So we obviously to to kind of we we have a, a process called weeding, and mm-hmm. it's much like weeding a garden. You know, you go through and you find those those weeds, those items that maybe aren't necessarily moving for you or you know um, get gaining a lot of interest and then our librarians will weed those collections to bring in more um, you know hot items popular items um, our, our librarians will con, uh, consult different guides we have vendors that um, provide us with like the latest hot things that are <laughs> out but they also provide us with curated lists of like you know from the 50s, now on Blu-ray, or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And so uh, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, that our librarians are constantly reading, constantly evaluating, constantly figuring out, okay, so I have two copies of this DVD. It's maybe not um, moving as well anymore. I'll skim that down and make room for another. So it, it, we're never sitting still, ever. Right. <laughs> we're constantly reading, constantly figuring out, hey, is this work for us anymore, or doesn't it, and what can we do? Yeah, that's like a. It's almost being like on the cutting edge of of all kinds of like both at the the new release level and at the kind of deeper level. Like I know one in particular, I went and got a, a DVD collection that were like uh, I'm a fan of horror movies, and it was a horror movie collection. But the movies in the collection were stuff that like even the deepest you know like nerd about horror movies would be like you have this at the library that's such a random thing to have but it's like you know so i was curious it's like is it just a kind of you're given a catalog and then you're like ah that looks interesting or is it like no i'm aware of what these things are and i think it'd be cool for our library to have that yeah well and it also helps that we have so many talented folks on our staff that have a wide array of interests yeah we have cartoonists we have artists we have writers anybody you can think of tv fanatics and so they're constantly saying hey lauren who's our adult services manager hey jessica who's our youth services manager have you heard of x y or z we Mm. really should add it to the collection right um that's how i know our adult graphic novel collection started was just hey we we offer these for teens what about for adults with the rise of marvel and the rise of all of the popularity of those movies and those shows let's give the adults graphic novels as well right. so uh, within our um within our building we have so many re- i call them reading experts <laughs> and so reading experts give us a lot of information to then add to our collection yeah that's awesome and i know you talked about kind of finding what's hot and what's new and something that's always been interesting to me is i feel like there's almost this mindset of like Books are becoming obsolete, and with that, maybe libraries, because we have access to everything online and social media. But I feel like in my experience, they almost work together. I know my college friends and I stay in touch in a book club, and so many times it's like, hey, I saw this book that's getting really popular on TikTok, or accounts I follow on Instagram, they really like this book. Oh, there's this YouTube 
Facebook account that recommended it. And then it pushes you to the library to find it. And it may be books that came out in the 80s or 90s and not necessarily new books. So I think that's really special that you guys have gotten to take something that some people think maybe is a threat to your existence or success and instead use it to be more successful. Right. I mean, as we're sitting here, we just turned over a new display in our teen area, books seen on um, book talk. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to, yes, go hand in hand with those social media platforms and say, hey, you may have seen this all over book talk. Here it is right here. You can check it out absolutely for free. Right. Um, so we really try, yeah, to stay on top of those trends. We have entire bookmarks devoted to those celebrity book clubs, you know, the Reese Witherspoons, the Jenna Bush right. Hagers, um, all of those. And so if folks are like, you know, I, I saw Reese Witherspoon was recommending this book. Where can I find it? Oh, you know, or I can't find the Reese Witherspoon book. It's, you know, backlogged. Can you give me any other recommendations? Here you go. You know, mm-hmm. our, our reading experts are such well-read folks that – we, if you can't find a book you can like in our building, I, I don't know. There's just <laughs> so, there's millions upon millions of items in available to not only our building, but the libraries in our consortia. Oh, yeah. Um, we are a part of a, a consortia that has 17 member libraries. So you can find it somewhere. <laughs> right. I use that all the time. It's like before my local libraries started getting things from the Criterion Collection or whatever to go back to movies. Um, <laughs> it's like, you know, maybe I couldn't find it there, but I could go to the desk at Marysville or go to the desk at Plain City and say, you know, hey, I see this at Columbus or I see that one of Columbus's branches cannot, you know, and you absolutely can. You can order it and they can send it right to your home library. So, yeah, that's that became invaluable to me because, you know, even if you can't get it there, you can still get it through there and never have to actually go to the you know, Columbus right. Library or whatever. Right, exactly. Um, you can request any item for, from any member library in our consortia, and it'll get delivered to any pickup branch that you choose. So if, you know, you're in Marysville, but say, hey, I want to pick this item up at Plain City, you can absolutely do that. And right. it's, it's super easy and convenient. Mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that um, they're kind of beyond books. It, it The changing media, the, the ways that you offer people books and and um i am a i i'm an audible listen i, I listen to books on tape or and not books on used to be books on tape right <laughs> and, but not not on tape anymore like i use the um it used to be overdrive and now it's libby um kind of listening to i have an hour drive in and an hour drive home and i listen to a lot of books um my my family reads their reads books on um a Kindle or a, a tablet. My son reads on the phone. He actually, for one of his 4-H projects, you have to kind of give a presentation to the rest of the a demonstration. Uh, and his demonstration was how to download and and you know borrow books uh, from the library because that's that's so important to him. And I I told him pick something that is second nature to you. And that, that's how many he he <laughs> borrows. He's just a voracious reader. Um, but that's what he what he wanted. But I appreciate the way that it's not just physical hard copy of a book anymore. Now you offer books on. Mm-hmm. You have you do have CDs still. You have uh, like the little boxes that you can borrow and listen to. Even if you don't have a CD player, you can download them to your phone and Bluetooth them in your car. You can or you can you know download them to your Kindle and read them. You know read a read a copy of the book, just not. 
a borrowed copy. So um, what's next? Kind of how do you how do you decide what what's going to be in that collection and, and what's what's the next thing? Yeah, so first of all, thank you for being such a passionate library <laughs> user. We love to hear it. Um, but one of my other responsibilities there um, at the library, and one of my favorite responsibilities, is, is that I lead one of our book groups. And so we have to constantly address, okay, what formats are these titles going to be available mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. so that they're most accessible to the most amount of people? And you're right, a lot of those um hot items like I was talking about earlier those Reese Witherspoon book club picks and of the like those often are you know we know they're going to be in high demand we know they're going to be popular those Marvel movies we know they're going to be in high demand so then additional copies of those items and additional formats of those items are then purchased so that's kind of how we go about that is just seeing what's hot seeing what's popular and then going about, okay, how many different ways will do we um, think folks will access this information based on prior data? Do you find that different demographics prefer different media? Like older folks prefer the hard copies where younger folks prefer either the audible or the, um, you know, the digital copy or, or it's a broad spectrum and... Yeah, you'd be surprised. I mean, um, some of the ladies in my book group, um, they prefer all kinds of different um, ways to consume media. So I have a few ladies that read on their Kindle exclusively. I have a few ladies that only want the audio, a few ladies that have to have um, large print editions. Mm. So every and few ladies that will only take a book and aren't interested in anything else <laughs> so we've got them all and um there are a wide variety of of ages all, all across the board that use all of our different um methods i would say thank you for thank you for all of those media because my <laughs> my family uses uses each one of those medias you know types very very heavily so <laughs> yeah absolutely I know um, I have a similar I don't have quite a long as long of a commute but that's how I consume a lot of my media is through an audiobook so I'm a constant Libby user so yeah. Yeah, it's a fantastic resource yeah I know one of the girls in my book club like she reads so much she always has the best recommendations and someone was like Annalie you should get a Kindle like you could get library books so much more quickly and she was like no no like if I'm gonna pay for a book like I'm gonna go to the bookstore and get it or I'm gonna get it at the library and we were like no you can get library books on a kindle like you can just borrow it and give it back and now I feel like every time I see her she's like do you know they have this at the library like (laughs) she loves it so much so I always love that kind of what you're alluding to is like I feel like the library is like kind of a secret like oh Mm. did you know that they do this 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 or this it's like Wow, and it's, it's really, it's truly eye-opening for folks who haven't been lifelong library users or lifelong library patrons or event attenders or whatever. They're always amazed that, oh, this is completely free? I don't have to give you anything for this? And it's just, um, it's always heartwarming when I when I find that out. It's like, yes, we're, we're, we're completely free. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I know you, you've kind of talked a, a little bit about like a variety of things, but um, what are some of those things that maybe people aren't quite as aware of like I know for instance like there are things like when I was in school and and even through the library as a movie fan you can do things like canopy um like having access to something like that where what is canopy it's like a like a essentially like an online streaming service Mm. that you can access through a a website and there are movies on there that you can stream um from 
you know, any old movies to new movies. Um, a lot of times in, in school, we use them for like foreign films or stuff that's a little bit harder to find. Um, but I know like the library has things like that, that it's not the first thing you think of when you think, you know, you walk into the library and you see DVDs or, or Blu-rays or whatever, but you don't necessarily think that, oh, the library can also point you to things like streaming services. So what, what are those, like some of those kind of things that maybe are either extensions of stuff that's obvious or stuff that people wouldn't even think to look for? So, so one of the, the top things that we see a lot of requests for that folks maybe aren't um, aware that we do, we do offer a free uh, notary public service um, and several, several of our staff, including myself, are trained in that. So a lot of the time you don't think, oh, I could go to the library and get something notarized, but absolutely, um, it's a super simple project or process, and we're able to you know, offer that service for a wide variety of different documents during a wide variety of different times. So yeah, Notary Public is the the number one that I, I feel like folks are constantly surprised by. And then number two, um, a couple of different things that we still offer. I think a lot of folks are like, where can I fax something these days? <laughs> I don't know where to fax something and they'll only take a faxed copy. Yeah, We will fax something for you at the library. Um, we still have that service, we still offer it. So that's that's the kind of big two that we hear a lot. Sure. Yeah. Those are the kinds of things where like, you know, um, something like registering to vote, like being able to do that at the library. It's like, there are so many things like that, that, you know, people do and they're accomplished somehow, but like, I don't necessarily know what you have to go to the courthouse to do that. You know? So it's like the library sometimes is, I don't want to say the default, but it, it kind of is this place that centralizes so many of those services. Um, another service too, that I was just, that popped up in the top of my head is, you know, where can I get a copy of, um, some genealogy records or Mm -hmm. an obituary record that I can't find anywhere else. We have a person in our building who is specifically devoted to that type of service. She's our local uh, local historian, and she does all types of programming and um, research affiliated with that. So she's really like the person (laughs) for local information. Mm -hmm. I know. I hear so many family members tell me about, like, did you see the historic photo Friday that the library posted? (laughs) And I feel like that's just a testament to, like, it's a small extra thing that the library does that you guys don't have to do. But I feel like that's the number one thing I hear, like, especially my older family members. They're like, oh, my gosh, they showed what this old store used to look like. And I think it shows that you really have a pulse on the community to know that, like, oh, yeah, people love to see old (laughs) photos of the community and compare to, like, how they grew up to how it looks now and just learn a little tidbit of the community they live in when they're scrolling through social media. Right, absolutely. And, you know, as a result of the popularity of that particular um, post, we implemented a few years back our architectural scavenger hunt that folks can participate in um, every August through September. Um, our local history, um, our local historian, I should say, goes out and will find little tidbits of uh, local architecture and um, invite folks to find them all throughout the uptown. And we even did for the bicentennial of the county all throughout the county. Mm-hmm. So um, things like that really help us and hopefully help the community stay in touch with our roots, our past, our history. Um, so that's always a super popular program as well. And it's coming back in August. So that's great. Yeah, that's like a 
you had kind of alluded a couple of times to the, the notion of community and it's like, yeah, you don't really think of, especially in an area like this, that's constantly growing and, um, you know, bringing in newer people that are both new to this area, but may even be new to central Ohio or Ohio as a state. And it's like to have a location that is free and, you know, cause obviously you can get public records and things like that through various governmental agencies, but having something like the library where you can go in and like, I know, I remember going into um, the Blank City Library one time and seeing like Jonathan Alder yearbooks from like, you know, 1960 or whatever it was. It was like, would never think that the library would have something like that, but it's like, yeah, it's like a connection back to the past that it's like, as we look forward, you can always also look back and have access to that, like at any point. Yeah, absolutely. I know our, our local historian, she um, is working with St. John's to work on some translation of, um, you know, German documents and wow. things that they have. And she also digitizes yearbooks. We, she was working on Fairbanks recently. So she constantly is trying to stay in touch with our roots while, while still showing that modern element of yeah. everything is is digital now. So right. it seems like the library, the more you talk, I'm like, they just balance so much, like right. old and new, like fun and people's needs. Like, and even just being a space where people can have different opinions, but it's everyone's welcome too. And I think that is so rare, mm -hmm. not just in Marysville or Union County, but just the world right sure. now to have a place where you really welcome varying perspectives and experiences, but it's also like, yeah, we're not going to argue about it. We're just going right. to listen and learn and respect each other. And I right. think even just that alone is really amazing that there is still a place in a community that can do that. Yeah, absolutely. We often say if we, if you can't find something in the collection that you're passionate about, we're not doing our job. If you can't find something that makes you just a skosh uncomfortable, we're not doing our job. Right. The collection is for everyone. Um, you can find something truly for everyone. Um, and it's a true information hub. So anyone can find information on anything in our building. And if we can't find it for you, we'll connect you to somebody who can. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I experience that uh, every time I walk in there. I'm like, I have like my round where I'm like, well, I know I got to go downstairs to the movies. I got to go over to the World War II section. I got to go over to the movie <laughs> section, you know, the, the Hollywood biography section. It's like, you know, you guys also do a great job of having uh, at the end of your aisles. It's like you could point people right to. I know I've been to a n number of libraries where you have a nonfiction section or you'll have a history section. But, you know, you kind of do it down to the you know, this is World War One and Two. Here's the British Empire. Here's, you know, so that's, it's like stuff that you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily miss if you didn't see it. But when you see people put that much effort into making sure that you can get right to what you want, it's like, well, thanks. You did that without me even <laughs> asking. And I appreciate it. You know, I have nobody to say it to, but you know, I'm glad mm -hmm. that it's there. Moving forward, going into the summer season and kids being out of school or even just parents being home a little bit more, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to at the library? So, um, the most busy time for us is the summer. We have our summer reading program and um, a lot of folks don't realize that you don't have to do anything to join the summer reading program. <laughs> you can simply come in and get a reading log and you get rewarded for doing something that you're probably already doing to begin with, which is reading. Um, our summer reading program this year um, is uh, has a theme of togetherness, friendship, and unity. It's called All Together Now, and um, it kicks off on May uh, 22nd and runs through July 28th, and it's for all ages. Come in, complete our reading challenges, and get prizes for 
reading. It's super simple, super fun. Um, and then in addition to the program, we also have several special guests that are going to be joining us. So on um, Monday and Thursday afternoons, beginning June 5th, we're going to have a special guest every Monday and thurs- Thursday throughout the program. So we're super, super excited to welcome magicians, to welcome an engineer who's going to teach us all about robotics, um, the um, Ohio Wildlife Center, our firefighter and police departments, um, just something for everybody to really educate um, the community. Right. And I assume you could probably get uh, information or more information or see, you know, check on these dates on places like social media, website, stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, absolutely. All of this information is available via our website, um, our social media accounts. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Also, we do have um, printed copies of our newsletter and our um, events calendar available at our reference desk. So there's multiple ways to find the information. Absolutely. I guess, is there anything for people who are maybe unfamiliar with the library or I don't know it might be hard for us to imagine but people who may feel like more nervous or timid to walk into a library a space they're not familiar with anyone listening to this that you think oh this is what the community should know about our space I would love to impart on the community that our team at the library is so so awesome they are friendly they are the best group of people I know um if you don't come in our building and instantly are flocked by two, three people, what can I help you find? What are you in for mm-hmm. today? They are truly make our building what it is. So yes, please come see us. Our people will greet you like family and help you find something you may not even know you would like. Mm-hmm. Um, so please come visit us where we have an awesome group of folks. Yeah. I know a couple months ago I was in the library to find a book club book that my friends and I were reading. And I knew it was popular, but I saw online that there was one copy at Marysville. I was like, I'm going at lunch. I'm going to get it. Like, this will be perfect. And I went to where the author was and they had one of her other books, but that book was gone. And I thought, oh, shoot, I must have missed it. And one of the librarians came up and said, hey, are you looking for something? And she like scoured multiple shelves, like cards that books were being put back on until she found the book for me. She spent like 10 minutes looking for it. I was like, oh, don't worry. Like, I can stop by a different location. She was like, no, it's here. Like, we're going to find it. And then she found it, and I still had time to come back at lunch and start reading the book. Like, it was so nice of her. So I've always had really good experiences. Yeah, I consider myself blessed that uh, my family, even when I was little, like, I never had to worry about, oh, being nervous about the library. Like, it was part of who we were from mm-hmm. the time I was little, like we would walk to the library and right. like I had a library card, like ridiculously young. And we've tried to make sure that's part of like our kids. Like I take our, my boys to the library, like not just while we do a lot of the stuff kind of digitally, um, we do come to the library and, um, I've, I've always, I got my kids library cards very early and three of mine have library cards, you know, and have had them for years. So, um, I'm blessed in that regard that I don't have to, I've never been nervous to walk into the library. Yeah, so it's wonderful to see the multi-generational, um, families come in and, you know, they're so excited. We have a, a, a little, uh, a program for little ones, especially called our 1000 books before kindergarten. And it's specifically to design to instill those habits that you were just speaking to in making library use and library, um, 
you know, books and resources a regular part of a routine for a family. So we love to, you know, open the minds of little littles all the way up to, you know, older adults. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a welcoming place for everybody. I don't know that my kids have got a thousand books before kindergarten. <laughs> I think they've gotten one book a thousand times. <laughs> Big fans of Pete the Cat, you know. <laughs> hey, Pete the Cat. Can't beat yeah, it. right. <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to be the show for this week. Thank you guys for all the good information. And thanks to everyone out there for listening. Of course, thanks to Allie for coming in and talking about the library. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Axiona Energia, for sponsoring the podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure and subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and lots of other places where podcasts are available. So be sure to tune into the show next week, and we'll see you on Thursday.